Hi there again. I'm Father Matt Kovisk and I'm the Rector of St. Mark's in Elkhorn. And on behalf of the parish families of St. Mary's Verdon, St. Mark's Elkhorn, St. John's Reston and Christchurch Melita, I want to first start off by wishing you, the listener, and yours a Merry Christmas. You might be wondering though, Father Matt, why are you wishing me a Merry Christmas? Wasn't that on Friday? Well, yes, Christmas Day was Friday, and the secular world celebrates Christmas leading up to that day, and you probably know this very well. However, for many Christians, Christmas is a 12-day period which actually ends on the Feast of the Epiphany on January the 6th. This is actually where we get the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, which makes an appearance at this time of year. The 12 days of Christmas is not the 12 days leading up to Christmas, but the 12 days after Christmas. And you'll be hearing this sermon on the first Sunday after Christmas, but in our little churches, we won't be having a sermon this Sunday. We'll be having a service of lessons and carols of Christmas. Now this order of service was made famous by King's College Cambridge, and this service is still sung in that chapel each Christmas Eve, down to this very day. Speaking of Christmas Eve, which was the last sermon I would have preached, we read Luke chapter 2, 1-20. to It's probably the most well-known of all the birth narratives within the Gospels. And, my friends, you probably know it well. It's formed the basis of many, many Christmas pageants that you've been part of before. And this passage may have become ingrained in your soul. For some, it just isn't the Christmas season without hearing Luke 2 at some point. And each time we read it, it touches our soul. And as I'm thinking, perhaps now more than ever before, we need to hear that story of Luke 2 and to reflect on the birth of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, into our own time and space. My friends, this Christmas season, I don't have to tell you, looks a lot different than previous ones. We weren't able to gather on Christmas Eve or day to attend services, to eat way too much, or to spend time in the company of the people that we love and cherish. And this year, I don't know about you, but the normal feelings that come with Christmas just aren't there for me. As we went through Advent, the normal feelings of anticipation which would build as the weeks went by just didn't bubble up. And as I've remarked a number of times to people, these past few months have felt like a real-life version of the movie Groundhog Day, where the day just repeated itself over and over and over again. So, my friends, this day, in this time of pandemic, what can we glean from Luke 2? Where can we look to, as we try to read this Christmas story in the midst of the situation and the world we find ourselves in? Out of all the characters we encounter in the story, perhaps looking at the shepherds could help us this Christmas. I want you to think back to those Christmas pageants you've attended before. It would seem that the more popular rules are the rules of the angels, the wise men, the innkeeper, Mary and Joseph. The role of the shepherds usually goes to those who come last or those who barely want to be there but are willing to stand quietly. Interestingly enough, if you look at the actual text of Luke 2, you'll notice that there's no names attached to the shepherds. We don't know their names, we never find out, or their origins. And really, they usually get a passing reference in any telling of the story. And it's easy to assume that they're nothing but passive observers. After all, the only role that they have in the story is that they hear the message of the angels and then go worship Jesus in Bethlehem. Their role in this story is actually quite a humble one. Even in the midst of a pandemic, a pandemic where one would think that everything would have gone very quiet with things being cancelled left, right and centre, it actually has been a very noisy and busy few months. 
Even as we've been working and keeping close to our homes, there have been lots of things and individuals trying to get our attention. I don't know about you, but even in this pandemic, I find that I kind of yearn for humble ones like the shepherds to come into my life. I want you to imagine with me, my friends, the shepherds pre-announcement. These shepherds are doing nothing more than what they normally do. They keep watch over their flocks by night. It is to these humble people that a life-changing announcement is made. And for us, it's a paradox. A supreme being, the creator of the universe, I am, Yahweh, deciding to break into our time and space. But announcing this to the humble people, to some of the least among us, Sure, the announcement could have been much bigger, and if it were up to us, it probably would have been. We like our pageantry with our announcements, and right now, when I think of announcements, I think of gender reveal parties that some couples throw. It's actually a pretty simple announcement, yet tends to be done with some pageantry. And for a laugh, one only has to search YouTube for a brief time to find gender reveal party fails. And this day in our story, the angels could have gone into the city squares or the houses of the rich and famous or any other ways to make this vital announcement. Making the announcement that way, going into the city squares and other places would have been much more efficient, that's for sure. Yet, my friends, this isn't the way that God works. In this case, God sends word of Jesus' birth to the humble the people we would least expect to hear the message of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords being born into the world. This announcement, my friends, comes down into a field to a bunch of smelly shepherds. And this, my friend, is a massive announcement. The angel tells the shepherds not to be afraid, and following that, there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Now imagine with me, my friends, what that would have been like for them. To suddenly have a piece of the majesty of the divine break forth to you in a field in the middle of nowhere on a night you weren't expecting it. I actually can't blame the shepherds for a moment for being absolutely terrified. It's a heck of a lot to take in all at once. God knows I would have been. And yet, my friends, in the midst of all their fear, they decide not to cower in their feelings, but decide to travel to Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass. While we don't actually know what was said amongst that group, whether it was a group consensus or one had to convince the others to get up and go, they decide to go see this thing which has come to pass. They accept that invitation from the angel and the rest of the multitude of the heavenly host. Which leads me to my famous question, so what? Well, my friends, we get invitations to do things all the time and do things in our relationship with God, to follow, to come see, and to step deeper into relationships with those around us to spend time with God. I could go on, but the question remains, how do we respond to these invitations? In responding to that invitation from the angel, the effect of that very visit is multiplied. They go unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, and afterwards they can't stop talking about their experiences. They tell all who will listen about their interaction with the Divine, their visit with the Blessed Virgin Mary, and meeting the gurgling baby Jesus. The shepherds remind us about the invitations that God sends us, that they are to be multiplied and increased and shared with those around us. My friends, I invite you this Christmas to pause with me and to think about the shepherds. 
those unassuming people that we would normally cast as nothing more than background characters. Let us use them to teach us something about who God is and about to whom God pays attention. Let us look upon their transformation and increasing joys as examples to us down to this day. For God sees these very humble ones and uses them to bring good news of great joy to all the people. And my friends, if God can do it for these humble ones, ones that we would never expect, surely, my friends, he can use us to do these things too. Thanks be to God.